Rainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. If you look outside right now, the sun is shining. You could walk outside in a tank top and, you know, not feel completely out of place. So it's kind of a, it's a great time right now. I mean, we'll wait three days for the weekend and all the rain to come, but I'm, I'm holding on to this glimmer of hope right now with the sun beaming down through the window so it's it's a great feeling at the moment so hopefully you're doing well um i was fortunate enough this past weekend to uh head down to fargo for the time bomb pro show and let me tell you it was an absolute blast from top to bottom the card was stacked you know for the first time ever, I got to see the sandman ever and i mean so many great wrestlers down there make an appearance i mean you had Darren Corbin, first time ever seeing him wrestle, and he's absolutely incredible. Um, seeing Kevin Koo and Brian Keith put on an absolute banger, just as good, if not better than the first one. Um, and you know what? It was just an all-around fun time. So, I mean, if you ever get the chance to go check out a Time Bomb Pro show, definitely make your way to that. And, I mean, two weeks ago... If I didn't already mention it, being at the Winnipeg Pro Wrestling Show, just a lot of fun all around, great atmosphere, and I mean, it was top to bottom. They put on a really good show, especially considering all of the uh, extenuating circumstances with the weather and holidays and all of that, but I mean, kudos to both Time Bomb Pro and Winnipeg Pro, both putting on great shows. If you get a chance, please go check it out, support indie wrestling, and just have some fun, all right? But this week, joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Mo Jabari. If you're not familiar with Mo, you're going to find out a whole lot about him today. We had a great chat, get into lots of different stuff. He shares some fantastic stories, and I'm really stoked to share this episode with you. So without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Mo Jabari. Now, for those of you who do not know my guest today, Mo Jabari, Mo, let's start from the very beginning. Let's give a little bit, little bit of an introduction about yourself and just growing up and what that was like for you. Man, I, uh, I'm, I'm not like most of the guys that are around here. You know, uh, a lot of the boys that wrestle around uh, Western Canada or in Canada or North America, for that, for that matter. Uh, I, was, I was born in uh, Africa. Man, I was born in Africa. Grew up in Africa. Grew up in a hard, you know, place uh, down there in a refugee camp. And uh, we've been lucky enough to, uh, you know, get immigration and come down to uh, Canada. And we've been here for the last uh, about 15 years, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first part of my life spent in Africa and then the majority of it now, the second half was spent uh, here in Canada. And I've been lucky enough to live in Canada. It's a great country. Um, but yeah, man, I got in, uh, you know, I was, I, was, uh, I was always a kid who was into athletics. You know, I was, uh, you know, where I come from, maybe there's nothing there's nothing else to do. You just run around all day. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, when I got, when I came here and I, you know, I got the opportunity to see, you know, there's a lot of things to do, you know, play soccer, play basketball, play whatever. I got into all, pretty much everything except for hockey, maybe, but, uh, uh, got into everything. And, uh, wrestling was one of those things that I started watching on TV and I thought, man, this is pretty cool. This is something I've never seen before. Now, when you're first watching, what was your first introduction to it? So man, it's it's I'm I'm a bit younger than most most guys around here. They they you know a lot of them you know they'll tell you they've seen um, 
Bret Hart or something, you know, or, you know, I, I, unfortunately for me, I shouldn't even say unfortunately, you know, it's these great guys. I got to see like the Randy Orton's of the world, the John Cena's, those were the guys I came in around 2007-ish. So like, you know, when I was watching, that's when DX was running around with Vince and, you know, messing him up. So like, to me, I got to see, I thought what I thought was great um, wrestling and great, you know, entertainment. And obviously when you, once I got to pick up the business and learn and I go back and and see what, what was before. And I'm like, okay, there's, you know, you know, there's a lot more better stuff, but I, I enjoyed what I seen, but uh, yeah, John Cena, DX, Randy Orton, those guys were the guys who were running hot. It, it's almost weird to think that how influential that like time frame was for a lot of people involved in wrestling today, because yeah, you, yeah. You know, I always think like, oh, you know, Attitude Era or even like for older ones, like, oh, you know, like, you know, Bret Hart or Hogan or whatever. But for a lot of younger wrestlers, it is Cena, it's Orton, it's Edge, you know, guys like that. Of course, of course. I mean, like, you, you, if the guys who are running hot now, like all these, uh, uh, you know, like FTR guys or like the CM Punks, so the guys that are you know, running hot right now. Their era was the Bret Hart era, you know. Yeah. That those were the guys that were they were watching that were, you know, the top guys. So it's like now, you know, I got to watch CM Punk, got to watch all these guys, but at the same time, you know, the long when you look at like career longevities, it's like John Cena's been around so long. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like that's the guy that I seen from then to now still. So it's like, okay, the first thing I'm like John Cena, Randy, and those these are the guys that are still running or were running for a while. So it's like uh yeah, a lot of the funny enough, a lot of the guys that are in in, in developmental or WWE TV, the younger guys coming up, like you said, John Cena, the Randy Orton's edges of the world, those are the guys they're mentioning, right? But yeah, it's a it's a good crew, good crew of guys to watch. Well, I mean, when you grow up on that and you you have all this wrestling, you can go back and watch. I mean, you're still privy to watching so many classic matches. I mean, I, I, I we're going to speak about Brett a lot throughout this, I'm sure. But like you can go back and watch Brett and Owen or Brett and Stone Cold. And if you've never seen it before, these are classic matches. My goodness, man. Those I almost feel uh, I, I should say I almost feel bad for the for the kids growing up now, but I'm sure. You know, things better than YouTube are going to come out and they're going to have all that classics. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, it's like, man, I, I wish, I wish I got to see, you know, like I legit, legit, my first, first um, time watching WWE was the day that I stayed uh, home from school. Like I was sick or something. So like, I, you know, my mom let me stay to school uh, at home and I'm flipping channels. And I remember seeing, um, uh, you know, DX going crazy backstage, uh, the TV production truck, whatever. That's what I see. That was my first sight. It's like, I wish, I wish my first sight was Owen and Brad wrestling. <laughs> I wish that was it. You know what I mean? But th- those guys, man, you couldn't, you know, there's nothing you could put next to them. There's nothing you can compare like a Bret Hart, or Owen Hart match or a Bret Hart. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those are, those are the greats. I actually, I watch a lot of wrestling and I, and I would say 80% to 90% is, 90s you know what i mean yeah it's such such good simple understanding wrestling you get to understand everything you know mm-hmm. and then before you know it you're sitting on the edge of your bed or the edge of the couch and you're like oh man that that this this is great you know nowadays i can watch wrestling and it's like oh that's pretty cool and then i go on with my day but it's like oh man like that was really i can watch owen and brad and it's like the simple things of a shove or a slap or whatever it's like man that's like that's that's cool that's really great so mm-hmm. you don't really you know today you don't really see those little things where it's like you know you're like you know wow i get it 
the the storytelling in some of those matches is it's stuff that will never be rivaled with you know with Brett and Owen for example I mean their match at WrestleMania or at SummerSlam I mean the littlest things that Owen would do leading up to the match or even in the match itself you don't see that nowadays legit man it's you can't you can't I mean we've seen granted those guys had the advantage of being brothers yeah so that story that story was so simple yet you would think it's so simple, but those guys made it even simpler and made it so real that you're looking at your brother while you're watching and saying, yeah, this, this, you know, this idiot does this to me all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's what Brett and Owen brought. I mean, we've got a bunch of uh, brother tag teams since, and it's like, you'll never get that, man. They're never, never, ever, no brother tag team will ever, ever, ever have a match nor have that type of uh, rival ever again. It's like those guys put the standards so high. And like, like you said, the storytelling, like the little things that Owen would do to him to annoy him. And even like it's simple as like just how patient Brett was mm-hmm. for his little brother in those in those moments of him saying no. Or even in the matches of saying, hey, relax. You know what I mean? Relax. Like those are the things you're like, oh, my God, that's that's what a big brother would do. And that's what a little brother would do. It's like it's so simple. But those, yeah, those guys are great. Man. Those guys are great. Now, uh, growing up, you become a fan. Were you privy to go checking out local shows? Or what was your first live experience like? Well, um, so to me, um, I was never like exposed to the like the independent scene or like mm-hmm. all this little shows. I was always like, I watched WWE and I thought that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a TV. I was just a TV wrestling fan. I watched it on TV. And then whenever they were in Calgary, I think they've only been here twice at the time when I was younger would buy a ticket and go to Raw, and I think it was a smack. So that was that's what I thought. That was it. I didn't know anything under. I didn't know anything else. And then I think um, uh, right at the end of my high school, so grade 12, uh, my mom um, would always bring newspapers uh, from work, and she would, like, ask me to read it for her and explain to her what, what, what was on the cover or what was going on in a certain page that she thought was interesting. And then on the front page, the cover of this hat it was uh, funny enough. Like you said, we were going to speak about Brett a lot, <laughs> but on the cover of the <laughs> on the cover of this was Brett. You know, Brett was on the cover, and it said, uh, I think uh, it was uh, something along the line of like uh, they were going to have a Brett uh, the Stu Hart Memorial Cup or search or a tournament or something. Mm-hmm. And it was at a at a festival in, in uh, Fort Calgary. Uh, I think it was uh, it was one of them like music festivals. I forgot what the name of it was. But it was like, yeah, they were going to set up a thing and then they had a few people, a few people come and I'm like, you know, I was like, I know who Bret Hart is. I watched WWE, I know who that is, right? I was like, I'm I'm thinking it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And I, I remember I was like, you know, my mom, the couple of times I went to a WWE show, we bought like the cheapest tickets, like $15, you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, it's, it can't be worse than that. I was like, give me $15. I'm going to go down to this show and watch it. Yeah. She's like, no problem. Gives me $15. Actually, we live... At the time, we lived real close to a train station, and I literally just hopped on the train and two stops down was uh, downtown Calgary by uh, City Hall there. Walked down, and it's like thousands of people there. I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is like, yeah, this must be a big thing. Like, yeah, is, yeah boom. I, I walk there, and I line up, get get to the line in the, the to the front, and the lady's like, first of all, I'm, first of all, I'm underage. This is like an 18-plus uh, event. <laughs> And two, uh, it was like a $250 entry for the weekend or some, something along the line. So I'm here talking to this lady. Hey, I'm here. For, and I can clearly see the ring like right there. I'm like, I'm here for that. And then she's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But it's like $240 or whatever, $50 to get in. And on top of that, you got to be of age. I was like, well, for what? 
like I'm she's like, yeah, it's a music festival. I was like, I don't don't care about that. I was yeah. like, I'm just here for the wrestling. And they wouldn't this this lady's like, listen, kid, it's not it's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Take your fifty dollars, go buy a slurp yourself, get out of here. I'm like, all right, sure. So I walk around and uh, I'm like looking around. I was like fenced around and like there's security in every checkpoint, I guess you, you could say. And um I'm looking around, I'm looking around. And at this point, I'm determined. I'm going to go, like, I'm just gotta fi- I just got to figure out how. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm walking around, and finally I get to a point where there was a, uh, I always, you know, no disrespect to anybody or or any 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 person in general for that. There was uh, the two security guards. There was one uh, smaller guy, and then there was a bigger girl, right? So I'm like, I looked at every checkpoint. I'm like, if I jump, they're going to catch me. But this is the one. That if I do jump, I can run and they have no chance of ever yeah. catching me. Right. So of course I decide on that, take my time, let it, you know, let the smoke clear a little bit. And I can see, you know, when when they said hey, oh, uh, I think they took like an intermission of, of the concerts or something. They're like, hey, go watch the wrestling now. So now people are coming towards the fans and it's a chaos. I'm like, this is it. Boom, boom, climbed up, jumped over, ran into the crowd, couldn't find me. So that's how I started seeing uh, watch the wrestling. <laughs> And it just so and it just so happened to be like I think uh uh Jinder Mahal was there, Harry Smith was there, and a bunch of these guys were there, and Brett, of course, was there, and they did the tournament, whatever. And I stuck and I stuck around afterwards and I asked the guys, I'm like, hey man, I want to be a wrestler one day. How how can I do this? Mm-hmm. And uh there was a gentleman by the name of Chris Knight, uh wrestled wrestles or wrestled around uh as Dylan Knight. Uh and uh he's like, yo, he's like, I have my number. Gave me his number and he's like, come to at the time it was a PWA show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, come to these shows and help set up uh, the venue and all stuff like that. And we can, we can, you know, we can show you what's up. I'm like, oh, no worries. So that's how I got into learning about independent wrestling. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, so I started going to these shows and I'm like, okay, there's this. Okay. So it's not only about TV and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I would, uh, I would call, I would go there every month, set up the chairs, set up whatever the ring. And in time, I think like, I spent years doing that. And then from there, um, I transitioned into being a ref. And then from okay. refing, I transitioned to finally training and going on to being a wrestler, right? And when you started your training for uh, to be a wrestler, was that with PWA or was that when you went to Storm Wrestling Academy? Storm, Storm. Storm? Like PWA, okay. PWA, luckily, you know, I was super lucky in the sense of uh, all the guys that were coming still PWA or were at PWA at the time were a bunch of Lance guys, mm-hmm. right? These are people that already had just come out of Lance or been where Lance is for a while. So, like, to me, I'm learning, you know, from these guys in the sense of, like, they were showing me or teaching me what Lance expected, mm-hmm. right? So, it's like, hey, Lance is a serious dude. You know, this is the, over over the years, like, I, I think I was, like, setting up rings and refing all a total of, like, three years or something like that, right? So, I'm like, so all those three years, I'm just hearing like, hey, Lance is this, Lance is serious, Lance, you know, it's a great coach, this is what he expects, come early, be the first one in the ring. So I'm like, I'm picking up all this uh, information and here and there, whoever was, you know, willing to show me, hey, this is how you take a bump, we're not going to train you, but this is the idea, yeah. you know, stuff like this. And over the years, I picked up quite a few. And then when I went to Lance's, I did, yeah, Lance was the guy who trained me fully. But yeah, I went to Lance's and uh, great experience, great experience, great coach. 
it sounds like with your time, you know, refing in PWA, setting up the rings and kind of getting some of the basics on a non-training yeah. level from them, they almost set the like groundwork for you, like with, yeah. hey, this is what you should be knowing. This is what's expected of you. So you're going yeah. in and you already know, like, okay, I some guys are coming in here, but I have to be up here. Exactly. Oh, yeah. dude, hundred couldn't you couldn't have said it any better, man? Because like when I was going, when I went to Lance's, first of all, I was an hour early that's something i probably would have never done mm-hmm. you know like if it's if it's like hey you know school starts at nine i probably would have been there at nine yeah. or i would have been there nine or five whatever the case is right you know what i mean so like i, I think it was the way he had it was that it starts at nine i uh, show up at nine nine thirty we start so mm-hmm. i would have showed up in between nine and nine thirty somewhere but uh but the fact that I, all these years i'm hearing he likes people coming in early stuff like that it was an hour early sat out there it was nice i think we started training in may so like it was Calgary was a bit nice at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like outside sitting. Uh, and I remember when he came right away, you can, I, I can see he's like, okay, this guy's early. Yeah. Like, boom. Yeah. And then throughout throughout the whole session, it's like whenever, uh, you know, whenever it was like, hey, uh, we, I need two guys in here. I'll, I'll be the first one in there. I knew I knew he liked that. Things like that. And then it's like by the time, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I had this in my head locked in. I have to be the best person in this class because I've picked up three years of, uh, of information of how this training should be mm-hmm. as opposed to some person who's just coming there for the first time and taking those informations at the time. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, it's funny because you, you mentioned, you know, volunteering right away. And it seems that like throughout life, I mean, people are always scared to put themselves in that position, you know, even if you yeah. go to like a course or something and if it's like, Oh, everyone's got to read from a book or whatever, you know, yeah. people are always hesitant, you know, but like, you're going to have to do it sooner or later. So you might as well of jump course. in with both feet and just of get course. it started, you know, man, like hundred percent. And it's, uh, that's, that's a very, very true thing you said there. Cause it also like doing that training with last, it, uh, it gave me a better outlook in life mm-hmm. going forward with anything. Like you said, like you, you whatever it is, I would be the first one to do it. I try because mm-hmm. I, I remember doing it. It's like, whenever I was the first one in there, I almost always had, two extra times where I would go in before everyone else. So it's like everyone might get one chance, two chances to get in the ring to do their thing, but I'm getting three or four chances because yep. I was the first one in. And when everyone, you know, once everyone gets in, they do it once, they will lay back. It's like, hey, I want to try it again. I want to try it again. So I would always get it. I would always get in the ring like four or five times more than other students. Mm-hmm. So I'd be the first one. In, and then Lance would be like, okay, I guess Mo's already done it three times. Hey, Mo, come back in here. Let's try this. It's like, okay, cool. And mm-hmm. it's like, it, it taught me that, you know, if I'm not scared and I just try it, most likely work out for me. Now, how long after you had left uh, Storm Wrestling before you had your first official match? Oh, man. Actually, I, I might have had – I shouldn't say might. I did have my uh, first match for uh, RCW here in Alberta um, while I was there, while I was okay. at Lance's. I think uh, a student, a former student of Lance's, uh, reached out to Lance and said, hey, we're short. We're short a guy for for an, for a show this weekend in Edmonton or some. If there's anyone in your class that's you know capable of at least maybe getting beat up a little bit or whatever the case is, you know, can you give us a hand? And, and remember, I actually was working at a little warehouse, and I got a text from him like it was like midnight. He was like, Ding. I'm like I looked at it and it was Lance. He was like, Hey man, do you by any chance have gear or something? I'm like, uh, no, I don't. Uh, but I do have you know shorts and what whatnot. And he's like uh probably not he's like probably don't do it if you don't you know if you don't have gear but he's like if you can get gear or some sort of something that do, does look like gear 
I, like, I have a booking for you. You know, somebody asked me and I think you're the closest person to being ready. Mm-hmm. I'll throw yeah. your name in there and you can go. And I'm like, all right. And I said, I remember came back home and I like did, you know, played around with some stuff and end up having something that looked like gear. And I did a show and it was like a tag match or something. But yeah, it, wasn't, it, was, it was decent. It was, I got in the ring in front of people. So it was like, eh. But yeah, was, and then after that, I think I had my first, I, I would say my official uh, post-graduation uh, match uh, almost like two, two weeks, three weeks after. Okay. I think like with that, it's a testament almost for anyone listening who is, if they're involved in training now or if the thought to get into training, I mean, you were putting in that extra work to get yourself put out there, to put yourself in a position to succeed, get yourself noticed. And it was reciprocated. Lance saw what you were doing, what you had brought and was like, they needed someone, they went to you. So I think that's a testament to the hard work you put in. Absolutely. I agree with you, man. And like uh, Lance was that type of guy that would watch. You know, and it's so funny that uh, I say that, too, because at the end of his courses at the time, what he would do is uh, he would do uh, evaluations. He, gave, he, did, uh, he would give you a feedback. He'd be like, hey, dude, I don't think you're ready for this. I don't think you can ever do this. Go home, you know, make sure this is a chapter that's closed or, hey, I think you can do this, you know, just get more rep or, hey, man, you know, I don't think you can do this, but hopefully you can prove me wrong. Stuff like that. He'd give you yeah. feedback of it. And, and it was, and it's because throughout the whole semester, he, you know, he kept notes of how people's behaviors or how they were developing or how easy it was for them to understand things or get things. So it's like at the end of the semester, he had papers on each person, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so it's like a guy like that, you know, he kept his eyes open and he watched everything. So he knew who's what and what's what. Now, I'm assuming he had that for you as well. Was there any yeah. things that he had said for that he wanted you to work on going forward? My, uh, for sure, my size at the time. Yeah. Still, you know, I could, I could use some more weight, but it's like, at the time he did tell me, he's like, hey man, he's like, I think, he's like, I think you're good. He's like, in the sense of for someone who just finished training and, and, and uh, going on to the indies, you can figure it out. All you need is experience at the session, get matches, you know, that, whatever. But he's like, the most important thing is uh, putting size on. He's like, mm-hmm. you're too small, put some size on. Other than that, he's like, go out to the world and get experience and figure it out as you go. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that was the best feedback I think Lance did give back. But uh, mm-hmm. that's his thing. He's like, yeah, man, he's like, I trained you. you everything you did or seem to do makes sense or looks good. Go practice it now and figure it out. Have you been able to keep in contact with him throughout your career so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lance is a good dude, man. Lance is a good dude, just a quiet dude. Mm-hmm. He's just not a social guy with, you know, where you could, I can't call Lance, say, hey, let's go to a bar. No, no, no. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's a quiet guy, very professional with everybody. But yeah, I actually, I might, I think I talked to him, uh, I think like a week ago about some, about some wrestling stuff with impacts and stuff like that. But, okay. um, uh, but the last time I seen him, he came to one of my shows here in Calgary and uh, he came to why I invited him. I was like, hey, man, if you're not doing anything, you know, I'm putting on the show and uh, I'd like for you to come and, you know, especially if you're not doing anything, mm-hmm. come hang out and, you know, whatever. And he did, and he did show up. He watched it and hung out a little bit afterwards and talked and gave me some feedback of what he thought I, I did and whatnot. Yeah, man, he's good. He's a good guy. You know, he's a good guy. Now, through the start of your career and going forward, did you notice many struggles for yourself? Any issues that you had along the way that you had to, you know, rise above to overcome? Oh man, I can't really, I can't pinpoint anything, you know, mm-hmm. other than just 
simple, right? You know, just just go out there and figure it out, man. It's yeah. like just experience. Get as much, get on as much shows as you can. You know, wrestle as much matches as you can. Of course, wrestling has bullshits. So a lot, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of bullshit everywhere. That's just life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, for the most part, I've been lucky enough to be in locker rooms that are, you know, simple. No mm-hmm. one, you know, no no stu- no stupidity, nothing like that, nothing crazy that you hear of. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's just a matter of just trying to stick with it. You know, hopefully, yeah. and I've been lucky enough now that I haven't gotten hurt. Lucky enough, thank God. Mm-hmm. So it's like since then, it's just been getting reps and getting reps. And I think you know, I think I'm three and a half years in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or four years going in, I've had uh, been fortunate, and I've I've done some cool stuff since. So uh, yeah, it's just at this point, it's just keep keep going. You mentioned being a part of some cool stuff, and I mean, I'll, it's a perfect segue because I mean, yeah. a f- like two months ago or so, you were part of the PWA Battle at the Dome yeah. uh, against uh, Michael Richard Blaze, and that must yeah. have been that's a huge opportunity just to be in that situation. Yeah, yeah, that's actually. We, uh, second one we've, we've done one in November of uh, 19 yes I think, uh, 19 or 20 one of, one of those ones but uh, yeah we did one and, and again it was, it was pretty cool it was a good experience to just be in that you know uh, luckily actually for me of course for Blaze Michael Blaze too because he's done a lot of extra work a lot of uh, WWE extra work so it's like the 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 idea of being in a building like that that big that holds that many it's cool if you've never been in it, but mm-hmm. I've like, I've been lucky enough to, to do some extra work. So mm-hmm. I've been in a WWE arena with like 20,000 people in there running. So like, I've kind of got, like I've done a few, I think like I think four or five extra gigs. So it's like, I've gotten the hang of being in a building like that and look, seeing how all that works. So when I was at the dome, I, I felt comfortable. It wasn't like to me, Whoa, this you're is not, you're yeah. not starstruck or anything. Like yeah. That. Yeah. I'm not like, Hey, I was just at the fucking, bingo hall and now i'm like this i'm like oh, i've been in arenas before but this is cool that i'm wrestling in front of like i think 2000 2000 people but it, mm-hmm. it was a cool experience i thought and then uh, and it was for a special cause it was uh you know the calgary hitmen were honoring bret hart mm-hmm. and they were uh you know it was honoring bret hart so it was like a bret hart night plus uh i think uh, all proceeds were going to uh the prostate cancer so it was like, it's a good special night for everyone that was involved, including, you know, us, Hitman, Bret Hart, everything. It was it was a good experience. And for us to wrestle in main event, you know, and, and for Bret to watch, it was, it was a, you know, it couldn't have been any better. Couldn't have done it any better. Uh, I said earlier, we'd probably talk about Bret a lot. And I mean, yeah, yeah. you do you do have a very special relationship with Bret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good friend of mine. He's a good, uh, actually, uh, I'm a good family friend. I shouldn't just say him, you know, um, uh, yeah, the Hart family, specifically his family as well. Um, you know, his youngest son, Blade, one of my best friends in the world. Um, you know, his daughters, good friends are my, of mine. His other son, Dal, good friend of mine. You know, uh, his wife, a friend of mine, uh, both of them. Um, um, you know, the grandkids, love the grandkids. So it's like I have a special relationship with everybody. In his mm-hmm. immediate family, and then of course everyone else, like the nephews, the uncle, uh, the nieces, you know. So it's a good, you know, I'm a good family friend to the family, and then of course I wrestle. Right yeah. on top of that, I wrestle, and then so uh, you know, Brett, you know, I when I when I start when I first started hanging around Brett, I never I never told him I was a wrestler. I never thought to bug him. I never you know went up to him and say, hey, can you give me any advice? Never, never did. 
left him alone. You know, mm-hmm. for, to me, to me, when I'm home, I would like to not be bugged. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, it's like I, I'm home. This is this is where peace peace is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's one thing if someone sees bread on the street and like, hey, can I get a picture? Hey, how was SummerSlam? This. It's one thing because that's open. It, you know, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're in the public. But once you're at home and your door's closed, it's you know you got your legs up. You don't want to, you don't want people bugging you. So for yeah. me, I always thought of that. You know, I don't want to. I don't want this guy to seem like who, who let this guy in my house and why is he asking me about WrestleMania or this and that. So I always left him alone. And then um, uh, I had like I sprained my ankle really bad once, and they, they gave me a boot. So I had a boot on, and and it was his, it was his birthday uh, one of the years. Um, and we were back at uh, in the backyard at his pool and it was like a big party or whatever so i was just sitting there and he came out to get a drink and he seen my boot and he's like what what happened he's like what's wrong what happened to the uncle I, like, I broke it or i, I strained uh i uh, strained it really bad he's like doing what i was like wrestling he's like oh like thought he maybe thought like i was just fooling around or whatever yeah yeah he's like oh okay good he's like you gotta be careful with that i was like yeah he's like and then he was like you know, he just went on his way, and I left him. And never said what it was. And then I think his son told him. Yeah, I think he might have told Blade, uh, like, "Hey, why is Mo, you know, fooling around, hurting himself?" And he goes, "No, Dad, he was actually in a wrestling match. He's a wrestler and hurt it." And then I, Brett's like, comes back outside, and he's like, <laughs> Did "You wrestle?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then it's like, "How come you never told me?" So I just, much like the, you know, the reasoning I just said, I was like, mm-hmm. I just thought, and was like, oh, okay, cool. So from then on, me and him, you know, had a little uh, relationship where he would always go out of his way to help me with things, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I, to be honest, man, it's like the wrestler I was then compared to the wrestler I am today are a world, like world different, just my work in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like my work was just below average I, if I was lucky. Like, I was just a guy throwing kicks, whatever, doing BS stuff. No really, no real idea of what the hell I was doing, right? And then it's like Brett helping me, you know, understand things, explaining things, this and that. This is why this is done. This is why this should be done. Or And then watch my matches and give me uh, feedback on those. It's two different two different guys since I met him. I'm two different people. So it's like, uh, and now it's super cool that I can have a good, good match and he could be like yeah that was an awesome match mm-hmm. he did this well he did this well so i i i uh i thank brett a lot and i'm grateful to have him as a friend and a mentor you know he, he's he's really great guy couldn't mm-hmm. you know just one of the best human beings yeah you know it's funny because i know i've been in that situation where you're yeah. with someone and you know everything about them and you will exactly. you would love to be able to be like hey this 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 you know but it's like it's their private time. Yeah, it's their home yeah. time. It's like, if they bring it up, cool. Yeah. But for the cool. most part, you just, Hey, we're friends and we'll talk about whatever else. A hundred percent. I never, <laughs> I had never once asked Brad like, Hey, what was this like? Or what was never, but he was like, but also like, you know, uh, not so much in the winter time, but in the summertime, you know, Brett lives in a big home. So, you know, mansion style, big backyard pool, fire, everything. So it's like in the summer, there's a lot of parties there a lot mm-hmm. of gatherings. So it's, and then there would be a lot of people that would ask those questions. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm just sitting there and someone asks the question, of course, I'm all ears, man. I'm all yep. ears. I will listen, but I'll, I would never be the guy to say, Hey, what's this like? What was this like? And it's, and I think he grew to respect that and understand that I never bug him with it. And then I'm super, you know, respectful about it. Mm-hmm. And if there does, and if the time ever does come where I do ask a question, He's more than happy to go on about it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I know he's been on podcasts and he's spoken about you as well and given you yeah, a lot yeah. of praise. So it really shows the the respect that he has for you and the appreciation for your work. Yeah, he's yeah, like for <laughs> it's crazy. I was actually talking to uh was talking to a good friend of mine the other day about it, and it's like it's one thing like people know, like at this point, anyone that knows me or or has any idea or lives in Canada or whatever knows I've, there's a relationship between me and Bret Hart and the family and stuff like that. And they associate me with that. But it's like, it's a whole different thing when Bret Hart goes on a podcast and, and mentions you and says, hey, there's a there's a lot of uh, potential with this person. Mm-hmm. It's like different, man. It's like, I know the guy, I know the dad, I know the grandfather, I know the husband, but Bret Hart, the wrestler, Bret Hart, this guy, it's, and for him to go out and say, hey, this kid, you watch out for this kid. It's like, wow. Okay, what can, what can I say? Uh, now I have to ask: Did you ever mention that you snuck into the uh, show, the Stu Hart show? Oh no, no, man, we never, <laughs> we never. Yeah, I never had that discussion with him, which I should at some point. Uh, there was plenty, man. There's plenty. I remember one time uh, I never even actually spoke about him. I spoke to him about this too. I have a picture somewhere. My mom probably does have it. Um, it was my mom's camera phone. Is I never had a phone when I was in high school, so I just, we just had a big old uh, camera, so I would always, when I went to a WWE thing, I would always take those ones. Yeah. Um, I remember one time, I went to, uh, I think it was a house show, possibly, and I, like, uh, waited outside, but then I waited outside far away from the fans, where all the fans were, mm-hmm. so I was kind of isolated, and uh, I actually never told him the story. This is a good story. I hope uh, I get to tell him this, but uh, him and his wife are, he has, like, a like a, I don't know nothing about cars, but he has like a Bentley and like without no roof, whatever you call that, whatever, like a Bentley with no roof. So like he, he like con- drives up convertible. Yeah, that's convertible. what they're called. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So okay, uh, Bentley convertible, whatever. But like he's driving. It's a nice summer day, hot. Uh, he's driving up and turns back. And I think he might have thought because I stood up and started walking towards the car. And he might have just thought like I was like a parking attendant or something. So he starts slowing down, like he's like stops. And I went up to him, like, hey, sir. And he's like, hey, man. And, uh, and I'm like, hey, can I get a picture? And he goes, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I can kind of <laughs> see he's like, that definitely, I can see his eyes. He was like, I definitely thought this guy was a parking lot. Like, okay. Since he, since he caught me now, sure. And it's like, I do have this picture somewhere. And it's like, now that I think of it, I was wearing a red shirt that, you know, looked like a parking, parking attendant shirt for the stampede. But, uh, yeah, man, it was a it was a funny story because he like drove off and he was kind of like still looking like this guy got me. You got me, then you know, was good guy. I was uh, I was fortunate enough to check out a couple of your matches on YouTube, and one of the ones I wanted to bring up was a match you had with Sean Moore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the chemistry you two had, the storytelling was absolutely unbelievable. Um, you um, always hear people say like you know, you have to slow it down and not work too fast. And I, yeah. I was watching the match and I'm like, okay, well, like, when's it, you know, pick it up. And then uh, it clicked for a second. I was like, hold on, this is adding so much more to the match. It like yeah. got me so invested. You two did an incredible That's job. That's awesome. You know, it's funny that you say that I got a, I got a text. I think sometimes I, I actually can't remember. I think it might've been right around uh, Christmas or some a while back, but uh, not to, which is was this the match, uh, the clandestine match? No, this was oh, in the RCW, the RCW one. Okay, so there was a clandestine match that me and him had prior to that, and uh, Brett's wife had showed him the 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 the, the match, 
Mm-hmm. And I got a text about this big, man, like long. And, and it was just him saying, he's like, dude, it's like, I've, he's like, I've went to a lot of indie shows. I've seen a lot of guys wrestle. And he's like, this, he's like, this was a great match. This was a great professional wrestling match. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you guys, he's like, you didn't look like there was, you didn't look like you guys rehearsed it. It didn't look like you guys, it, it didn't look any, it looked like you guys were fighting. And he like gave, he gave me a big, spill about how it was you thought it was a great match and us two had great chemistry much like you just said chemistry and whatnot and i thought you know from him to say that who who's watched more wrestling than bret hart mm-hmm. you know so it's like for him to give us that feedback i, I immediately like texted shauna said hey this is what brett thought and it's like so it was like super and actually many people don't even know the story man uh me i think probably the rcw match that me and sean had in, uh, that you've seen the, uh, I remember uh, I was at dinner at Brett's house the day before uh, mm-hmm. that uh, that match. And I was like, he was asking me about my match. And I'm like, yeah, I'm wrestling Sean. Remember that? And he's like, oh, he's like, the, he's like the young black guy uh, you wrestled last time. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, man, he's like, I'll, he's like, I liked what you guys did. He's like, I would love to sit down with you guys and give you more feedback on certain things that you guys could have done that could have made it better, could have done mm-hmm. this. I'm like, absolutely, man. And, and, and I never really thought much of it. I'm like, oh, you know, that's just him being nice. I went on, wrestled Sean that night, and we had a great match, I thought. Um, and then uh, I remember texting uh, uh, Brett that night. I'm like, hey, I think I think we had a better match than the one that you watched. And he's like, I want to see it. So I want to see it. And luckily, there's a kid there that usually films these matches, and he would upload them right away, mm-hmm. right? So before that, we even left the venue that day, he's uploading. So the, I sent him the link and he watched it. And he was like, wow. Yeah. He's like, I think you guys did better here. So he's like, he's like, bring Sean with you to lunch. Tonight. So I brought Sean to Brett's house with me and uh, me and Sean and Brett sat at, at his back porch for like hours. I think to the point where Brett actually got sunburned on his head or something. But we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, yeah, he talked to us about our, our match and what he thought and what we could really do. You know, if we stuck with it, you know, and, and yeah, it was just surreal, man. It was surreal. Me and Sean just sat back there with him and just didn't say nothing. We just listened. And it was super cool. And then, like, to me, and uh, it was super special in the sense of uh, Sean was there. And it was mm-hmm. super cool to have someone else there with me to experience what I experienced almost every other day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get I get to have those talks with Brett all the time. So, like, to me, it, I forget about it almost. You know what I mean? So, it's so normal that I forget about it. So, to me, you have Sean there. And ha- see his excitement and his, you know, level of like, like, oh my God. Yeah. To me, kind of brought that back on to me too. Where I'm like, oh shit. Like, yeah, uh, this is real. You know what I mean? So it was cool. I, I should take this moment. You had mentioned, you know, that there was someone filming and which is great. I encourage yeah. everyone take your cameras, turn them sideways, film the matches and get these matches up online. So other people can watch them and share Absolutely. indie wrestling. You know, it's very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. You never know what you're doing for someone. Exactly. So I uh, record those matches, put them up. And like, there's so much wrestling history that's taking place that people aren't getting a chance to see. So record the exactly. matches and put them out. Exactly. There. Cool. Cool. Couldn't um, agree more. <laughs> Uh, earlier this year, um, yeah. I was hoping you could talk about your um, experience with uh, uh, what? How was it go by now? Dango. 
Uh, dangle, dirty, dirty, dirty dangle. dangle. Oh, I, had, I had to think what he went by now because you yeah, you wrestled like him. Seven days. Yeah, you wrestled him in RCW, and then you also got to tag with him for uh, against uh, Waves and Curls for uh, yeah. Beyond Wrestling. Beyond, yeah, man. Oh, I can. This is another guy. So I've I've, I've uh. I have a few friends in, in the wrestling world, you know, not too many, but a few. And like, uh, you know, Gama Singh Jr. is a good friend of mine. Raj, uh, Big Jinder, a good friend of mine. Uh, this this uh, kid that I shouldn't even say kid. I always say I, I always call him kid and he always gets mad. But uh, my friend, uh, Tony, his name is Tony Gill, but uh, he's in uh, NXT uh, uh, UK, uh, okay. Rohan um, uh, and uh, TJ Tyson Kid. And, you know, those are those are good friends of mine in the business that I get to go and ask advices for and stuff like that. And almost everywhere I go that I ever do bring up their names. Everyone always loves them. You know, I can I can go anywhere in the world and say, hey, you know, TJ Wilson's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, take me in just because of because of him and how much they love him and how much they respect him. So it's like I've been fortunate enough to have those type of guys for friends where I'm like, hey, or like they can give someone or they can text someone and say, hey, look out for that kid. He's a friend of mine. So it's like I've been lucky enough. So I meet I meet uh, Curtis or Kurt uh, for um, when I wrestled him here. In, in, actually, I wrestled him in uh, uh, Medicine Hat um, for RCW. And I, uh, you know, we clicked right away. Like we actually drove together. I picked him up from the airport and we drove together. Clicked right away, obviously, because of uh, – mutual friends we had like the people i just mentioned yep. he's one of his one of his best friends in the world uh jinder mahal who just happens to be a good friend of mine uh tj good friend of his who just happens to be a good friend of mine and it's like we in this drive we clicked really cool very cool guy very nice guy and obviously i was super respectful to him too because i actually did watch him you know i mm-hmm. watched him you know when i was in high school that's when he was having his you know wild run at wrestlemania and all that stuff yeah so i actually did get to enjoy his full career it's not like you know, it's not like, uh, you know, it wasn't like someone I caught midway. It was I caught him from day one mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to when he got let go. So it's like, to me, it's someone I actually did watch. Very respectful. We go on, we have our match, you know, good match. And then uh, uh, he went on. He, you know, we traded numbers, we talked. He went on and we texted back and forth. And then he's like, hey, man, I know it's hard to get work out there, which he's not lying. It's very hard to get work out here in Canada. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you want to, he's like, if you want to come down uh, to uh, Boston area or Portland and stuff like that, I'll take care of you and get you on some shows. I'm like, absolutely, man. I will. I'd love to. And he, man, this guy is a uh, first class, man. This guy's first class. I can't say, you know, any, I don't know what to say about it. He's a super, mm-hmm. super human, man. Super human, super nice guy. He, he hooked me up for flights. So I didn't even have to pay for my flights. Flew me out to uh, Portland where he lives, uh, uh, Maine. Yeah. Right. Uh, wrestled on some show in uh, New Jersey. Right. Wrestled, came, slept at his house, stayed at his house for three days. Um, took care of me for those three days. Didn't even pull out money out of my pocket. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, food, everything. Him and his uh, girlfriend and their two dogs. Very lovely people. Nice people. Um when did that beyond show with him you know took care of me for that um you know such a cool guy the nicest just a nice human being man super super cool guy and to see how other people react when i mentioned him too similar to tj and the genders of the world they people love him man. he's super super caring super nice guy 
it's a testament to almost, you know, like, you know, treat others how you would like to be treated because you're seeing all of this. And like, if you're a, a dick, then you're not going to get these opportunities, you know? Absolutely. Man, we, we actually, exactly what you said. Me and him actually spoke about that, but also uh, he got into the wrestling business when he was like 15, mm-hmm. right? He got into the wrestling when he was 15. So he, his experience coming up, people always took care of him. You know, there was guys, the veterans, the guys, people looked out for him. So to him, he had obviously, much like what you just said, he always had that in his head where, you know, people looked out for him, took care of him. So he had to do the same thing for people that he liked, that he thought, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's similar what he was trying to do for me was that, hey, man, out people took care of me. I'm going to take care of this kid and vice versa. I always actually, me and I always tell TJ this too. I'm like, hey, man, so you changed my whole perspective of how if I ever do this in a high level, how I'm going to treat people. You know, I'm like, I'm always going to take a picture, no matter what, doesn't matter what mood I'm in. I'm always going to reply to people. It doesn't matter what time it is. And I'm always going to take care of people that's under me, much like you guys take care of me. Yeah. Right. So it's like, obviously how you come up, it's a, it's a great way, but yeah, I've been lucky enough. So to me, if I ever do get the chance where I'm up there, everyone underneath me is going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Now, even that the opportunity to wrestle on a beyond show, I mean, their platform, it's, uh, I think it's up on IWTV, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So yeah, yeah. your, your matches are getting broadcast to an even wider audience, which is great for yourself. Absolutely, man. I, I had a great experience beyond super, super professional, man. super, super professional, you know, uh, it's nothing like I've seen before, especially being out here in, in uh, Western Canada. I'm not sure about other Canadians. I've been, I've wrestled in uh, Ontario, but other than that, I obviously wrestled in, you know, uh, uh, BC and Saskatchewan. But other than that, I never really had other experiences. So, and all the experiences I've had here, they're just wrestling shows. Professional, mm-mm, not so much. Mm-hmm. The wrestling shows, though, the job gets done, just not professional. So, um, I go to Beyond and from, from the the guy who's you know uh, in charge of the ring and who's you know we're helping with the ring to the to the guy at the door to the booker to the not everybody same page same thing all the wrestlers same page same thing so he was like you know uh, super professional so it was like to me I'm like whoa this is super cool and then of course me and Dango had the match with uh, uh, curl uh, what was it uh, waves and curls yeah man those those guys are something special. I uh, never, I've never, so like I never seen them before, right? Uh, and then we're in the ring, and the entrance music goes on, and the energy was like nothing like before. Like I'm like, whoa, these guys are super. I'm like, I found myself singing and dancing to it, <laughs> and then so was everyone else. You know, mm-hmm. they were super special, super cool guys. Had a good match with them. We did a thingy. You know, Beyond was super cool and took care of me. And they, you know, they o- open door. They said it was open door. I can come back anytime. Nice. So it's, I look forward to going back there really, really soon, actually. Mm-hmm. I ho- honestly, I hopefully you can get there sooner than later and yeah. keep yeah. showing what you got. Um, I did want to bring up because I know this will air in time for the upcoming Love Wrestling show where yeah. Yeah. you will be facing off against Jack Pride. Um, and you at the last show you faced off against him and uh, Lumberjack Larry. Yeah, the the, the triple threat match. Yes. yes, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was I've never wrestled. Uh, actually, both of those guys I wrestled Pride in PWA in like some tag match. Mm-hmm. So really, we didn't really get our hands on each other much. So it was really 
So I would say that was like the first legit time we've had a match. And then Larry never really wrestled him or ever. So it's like two two guys that I've never wrestled. Right. And uh, and I got there a little bit late. I was driving from Calgary. So everything was against us. You know what I mean? So we went out there. We, we had what I thought was decent match. You know, it was good. It was good to get in there with them. The love, uh, love wrestling was again super. Uh, Spencer's doing a great job with them. He really super, is. Yeah, super yeah. professional. Was run perfectly. You know, everyone had their what they needed to do, what they had to do, and uh, good crowd. Good everything worked. When everyone's working together, everything works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, I you know hands hats off to Spencer. He's, he's done well, and I look forward to going to the next one coming up here in uh, next weekend, I think. Uh, and I get to wrestle pride. Uh, pride might get, a, you know, you might get beat up a little. I might, I might beat his ass. <laughs> I might show him a little bit of what I got. Uh, I should say, if you don't have tickets, I mean, check the love wrestling Twitter. Um, I think it's the 29th, if I'm not mistaken. 29th. Yes. Next okay. Friday. Yes. Yeah. So definitely grab tickets, go check it out. It should be a fantastic yeah. card. Um, and sure, this, so sure. this, this should be your first one-on-one meeting with Jack. So that's something one-on-one to look forward to. Meet. Uh, actually fun enough. I wrestled them. Would have been, would have been, uh, I wrestled them last Friday for, uh, RCW, just a little, just a tangle with them. I wanted to see what we can do here. Um, uh, it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I kind of showed them that, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm so I'm super, uh, <laughs> I'm super into uh, stampede wrestling type of wrestling, you know, like I'm the, the most Bret Hart, Bret Hart can be, you know what I mean? I like everything I do. You're going to feel it a little bit more than you should, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think pride kind of, yeah, probably kind of fucking, uh, you know, he felt it. He felt me a little. So he's looking forward to feeling me a little bit more uh, next Friday. But uh, yeah, man, it's, I showed him a little, you know, good old uh, Bret Hart lifters and the leg drops and all sorts of things. He might have been banged up after he left, but that's all. What's the, that's what it's about. You mentioned Stampede. Have you been able to go back and catch any older Stampede stuff? Because oh, I mean, the the history of stampede it's it's unbelievable when you look at it you know like you know you had gamma saying makam saying the hearts brian pillman the bulldogs i mean the cuban assassin yeah jerry morrow it's unbelievable the talent that was wrestling through stampede man what what Stu did and is you know what Stu did is mind-blowing the guys that were so if you, if you look at all the territory wrestling, very, very little places develop guys from mm-hmm. the ground up. Almost every place just were trading guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was never like Portland never, you know, developed a certain, they were just like there for six months to do a program, keep going. The Stampede, man. Holy, guys were developed. For, like Brat was developed here. Uh, you know, Dynamite obviously had a little run in, in, uh, in, in England or Europe. But yeah. fully developed here, Davy developed here, Jim developed here, Pillman, uh, Gamma, like uh, oof, Cuban, um, Jerry Mor- Morrow. We had Bad News Brown, mm-hmm. uh, you know Benoit, um, damn, man. and then you can go as far as you know guys that had a little bit little runs elsewhere, but actually fully established themselves. Stampede, Hockey Tonk Man, mm-hmm. uh, Jake Roberts. Uh, Man, you can go on and on of guys that came through that place that are became megastars. 
Well, you would even have people, you know, sending their kids, like, you know, rest and family sending their kids to train under Stu because I, I was yeah. fortunate enough to have Jacques Rougeau on and yeah. I didn't oh, know, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jacques Rougeau I got sense, his yeah. start there. So, I mean, that blew my mind that that's how, I mean, his dad was a wrestler, but still sent yeah. his oh, son. Big, big wrestling family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But sent his son to go learn from Stu Hart. So yeah, that, no. he knew, he knew. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, I mean, like, you know, like in, in the wrestling world, man, it's it, it benefits you to to have common sense, mm-hmm. which a lot of a lot of people don't. <laughs> yes, you'd be surprised in wrestling, <laughs> but it benefits you to have common sense. And when you do have common sense, you know, hey, my son can be a lot better with Stu that he can be with me. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. So it's like to send him to Stu and for this for Stu to train him and then not only get trained by Stu, but hey, guess what? Every Friday you can go to the pavilion. And have matches with a with a dynamite with a Bret Hart with it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you have no choice but to be good in two months. I know? think one of the, one of the biggest travesties right now is that there's no streaming for the old Stampede because you do have you know old AWA or yeah, Memphis yeah. or whatever. But it would be incredible to have all that old Stampede stuff. I like think that. I think Vince owns them. I think Vince has them, and I think Vince is going to wait a better time to let him go because there's some good stuff. Oh, but I actually did get to uh, Christmas this past uh, Christmas. I was at uh, uh, Brett's house, and um, Ross got Brett just a bunch of CDs that uh, he had. Uh, he hadn't really labeled them. He was just a bunch of CDs that he just put Stampede through the years on it. Mm-hmm. It's actually the only other person in the world that does have all the Stampede stuff is Ross Hart. Uh, so he's yeah, he got. You got Brett all the stuff for Christmas, and I remember being there. And Brett said, like, "You got to come check this out." And um, I'm watching, you know, Brett, uh, Brett Hart. Or at the time, the match I was watching was Jim Neidhart's first ever match. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like these matches there is Brett versus uh, Nick Bunkwicko, all this crazy stuff. But it's like he was just going through the uh, the discs to label them what year they were, but some great quality on them, and it's great stuff. Um, we actually. Um, because obviously, like, you know, we, we have a lot of wrestling, you know, I think like three companies are running down here in Calgary, mm-hmm. which is wild. Um, and, you know, each company has their, you know, 40 to 50, you know, people that they, uh, that they, um, you know, attract all the time. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but um, it, the wrestling scene around here isn't the greatest, you know, because the fans are there. The fans are really... We do have wrestling fans that live in Calgary that are willing to get out of their houses and go to them. So, you know, the, the me, my, my, myself, uh, Dallas, uh, Brett's oldest son, and Blade, Brett's youngest son, we've actually teamed up and talked and sit down with Brett's help. And we've, uh, we've, we've decided to run a wrestling company here in Calgary. And um, we actually uh, wasn't our debut, but we kind of did like a pre-debut thingy uh on april 8th here in calgary and we you know sold out tickets we call it dungeon wrestling is the company Mm -hmm. uh sold out great great show great amazing show and uh, we look forward to you know bring what stampede somewhat left you know we can never really bring what stampede you know was doing here but at least the respect can be brought and people can actually want to leave their house to come see wrestling not this bunch of running around and all this stuff run professionally you know what i mean uh and we have big things coming up for that for sure 
I'm very excited about that. I'm like, I know I'm planning to be out in Calgary this summer. So I'm hoping that there's a show around then. And I can we have, we have one uh, doing Stampede. If you're here doing Stampede, July 9th. I'll have to check our itinerary check. and hopefully I'll we're, be we're, there for that. Definitely. We're definitely planning a big uh, super show of uh, where we, you know, a couple of people are going to be out there. We're going to bring a couple of people out there that are going to be super interesting to be, to be, you know, to go meet. That's a huge opportunity with the amount of people that the city attracts for Stampede and with yep. the history of Stampede yep. Wrestling, uh, that's an incredible exactly. opportunity. That's huge. Exactly. Exactly. I know it's definitely going to be a good show and definitely people, people are going to definitely get out of their houses to come see us. For sure. And now uh, a couple more and then I'll let you yeah. go enjoy your evening. Um, as a fan, yeah. I, I have to ask, what are some of your favorite matches? myself or just in general uh in general like stuff you've oh, seen oh. on tv oh man uh, oh man that's crazy i probably just watched like three different three or four different matches just the last <laughs> two nights that you know that each match is my favorite depending on that day but yeah. uh man i i am uh i'm a big big fan of uh the 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 series that uh Brett and uh Steve Austin have had you know I'm a big fan specifically a lot of people don't give this match or if they do I apologize but I think a lot of people don't give it's super underrated in a sense you know for for you know for a match that Brett Hart and Steve Austin are in but uh Sur- Survivor Series 96. yes yes Brett Hart returning and having you know which is super crazy because Brett was labeling uh, uh, Steve as the best wrestler in the world at the time. And mm-hmm. Brett had just come back from knee surgery. I think at the time has done like a couple house shows, but not fully back in ring shape. And for him to get in there, and, and I thought it was a master class, like just master, this amazing match. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite matches, you know, depending on what day I'm watching it, it could be my best in my favorite match. Uh, any other Brett uh, and Perfect matches, mm-hmm. amazing. Brett and Sean. Uh, so if we do <laughs> Brett and uh, Brett and uh, actually one of the, I think it's in my top five. I just don't know where. Brett Hartford is uh, Piper WrestleMania. Yes, that, that's classic, man. Classic. The, the build up to that match with the uh, with Piper promo being the champion, champion. Yeah. the promo before where like. Piper's, you know, almost talking down to him, like all oh, this little kid yeah, here, and Brett's like, no, none of that. Dude, great just, match. Great match. Great match. And then a great passing of the torch. And I think, you know, I honestly I I tried. I tried so hard to see or find a match that Piper had wrestled that good. I tried. I tried to find it. I couldn't. But Piper was amazing. Piper mm-hmm. was a great performer. But I couldn't find a match where he was that good. I, I do match. I do think that is one of the best you Roddy know, Piper matches out there. I you know I could be I could be ignorant I could be you know missing some stuff. But I, of the matches I've seen Piper, great entertainer, great showsman, great heel, great all mm-hmm. that. But I thought that match was his best showing as far as I've seen. Um, oh, out of, out of, outside of Brett, I would say Sean and Taker, man. Mm-hmm. Those guys, any of the two matches they had at uh, the WrestleManias, love it. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, Nick. I always botch his last name because for some reason it's hard for me to say it. 
but uh, Nick Bonkwinkle. Yeah, Nick Bonkwinkle. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Anything he's done is amazing. It's simple pro wrestling. Everything makes sense. You're, you know, you're, you're invested. And I think that's where wrestling should be. Like I, I can, I'm a big basketball fan. Mm-hmm. And when I'm watching basketball, when it's not chaos and everything, it's so beautiful to watch it. You know what I mean? When things are simple, beautiful to watch, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, so like I, he was, you know, we, we, we all, we all uh, talk about and we love the Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect matches they had. You know, that's, they're having a Nick Bunkwinkle match. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they're doing. That's what Nick Bunkwinkle one-on-one, you know, the, the slams, kickoffs, all that stuff. That's, that's, you know, get it again. That's all that, that's Nick stuff. So it's like for the best two wrestlers, arguably at the time, or arguably, you know, of all time in the list of all time for them to have a, have that guy's caliber of a match. It's amazing. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can go, you can go left or right or wrestling, man. It's what you feel that day. But yeah. I'm more of a technical guy. I'm a, you know, I love, I love uh, technical wrestling. So those are, those are my people. Nice. Now, yeah. Upcoming shows, where can people find you? I know you got Love Wrestling on the 29th. What, what else do you have kick on uh, after that? I do uh, I do weekly shows here in, uh, for RCW whenever they're in Calgary. I think they are every Friday for the most part. Now, mm-hmm. The last couple of, uh, you know, of a month or so, I, I just stopped doing them just to kind of let my body, you know, uh, relax and, you know, go back. But uh, probably every Friday going forward, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Love Wrestling. And then uh, I got... Uh, I think we're doing some dungeon wrestling in, in May as well. Um, but then I, I don't know the dates yet, but I'll be doing a limitless uh, 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 debut. Nice. And I'll probably be nice. in a, and beyond all in June. Uh, so that that's something I'm super excited for. Um, and th- those are going to be super big matches. I get, they, they've kind of gave me an idea of the matches I'll be in. So it's those are big matches that I'm going to be in. But I look forward to those. Those are my things that I look forward to right now. And for people listening, if they're not already following you on social media, where can they find you? Very easy, man. I, I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me uh, at Kid Chocolate MJ. On Instagram, you can find me. You can find me on at Kid Chocolate. And then same goes for Facebook at Kid Chocolate, man. Perfect. Both. That's thank you. On. That's where you find me. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for this. It was an absolute blast. My pleasure, man. This was awesome. It was good chatting with you, bro. Thank you so much to Mojabari for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Give him a follow on uh, social media. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled. I mean, he mentioned he'll be making a return to Beyond. And also, if you're out in Alberta, go check out a local show. Check out the uh, the stuff he's doing with the hearts. Check out RCW. Go give him a watch. Give him a follow social media and just uh, show some support. Thank you to him. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me ramble about wrestling. So thank you so much for that. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, you can find me up on Twitter at GreenmakerPod. Uh, let's talk some wrestling on there. Email GreenmakerPodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, you can send them that way. Up on Facebook, Greenmaker Wrestling Podcast. Up on all uh, podcast platforms so apple Podcasts, spotify and google podcasts um if you want to rate and review cool and uh t-shirts uh i just picked up like an hour and a half ago the local shirts so if you want a shirt send me a message let me know i will get them to you if you're outside of the 
you know, Winnipeg area, I can ship them to you for a lot cheaper than it would be if you were to buy them off of what a maneuver. So I will be more than happy to uh, send them to you. I think shipping will only be about 10 bucks and uh, shirts are only 25 bucks. So, I mean, that's, that's cheap as borscht. So uh, grab a shirt. Let's, uh, I'll hook you up. So just uh, send me a message. Half of all of the profits is being donated to Ray Winnipeg. So just know that the profits are going to a good cause. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.